Hey there, Luxa here, host of Lux Cult, a podcast where we gleefully taunt the mundane, butcher the Latin and most other languages, and also discuss a variety of occult topics. Exploring the intersection of science, magic, art, and philosophy through the lens of chaos, it's occultism for everyone. Luxa Cult features interviews with badass authors, artists, and magicians of all walks and experience levels, as well as audiomantic nonsense, cut-up poetry, bibliomancy breaks, and so much more. Don't miss the special two-part episode where Dave and I talk about his path of druidry and go into some of the botany of the plants represented by the Oum alphabet. Also, hear Dave read a guided meditation for the Green Mushroom Project, which is a large-scale group working focused on building connection and regaining ground that you can be a part of. You can hear Lexicall on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in and join us for the ride. XV Planis is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Are there any innocent men that would like to speak with us? My ear just popped. Just heard something from Sarah. Yeah, I'm talking over here, like crackling. crackling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hearing like crackling in my, um, my ear. Kind of Violent thing. environment. Oh, well, that's the truth. Can you tell us about what it was like being in jail here? Warden. Oh my god. Is the warden here with us? Welcome to XV Planets. Greetings, friends and fiends, and welcome back to XV Planus, the podcast where we don't just talk about the paranormal, we put boots on the ground and pursue it in the field. Transmitting from somewhere near the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very excited to be back here on the mic and dive further into the unknown, the enigmatic, and the just plain weird with you all. We are going to keep the opening roundup relatively short for this installment, as your ghostly host is rather busy traveling west to pursue some high strangeness in the great American Southwest, as our dear old Art Bell would say. And because of that, I must apologize for any sound quality kerfuffles that we have on this. This is the first time that I've actually had to do the editing process from the road, and it's proved to be a wee bit challenging, but we will get through this together. Now, where exactly in the Southwest do you ask? Well, I ain't telling. But if you've been following us long enough, I don't really have to give you specifics. Uh, Regardless, you'll hear all about it by the end of the year. Anyway, earlier this season, I'm sure many of you heard the ongoing joke about how, much to my surprise, I ended up doing three investigations of three jails all in a row over the winter break. Well, it wasn't a joke. I decided to hold off sharing the events of that third investigation because it seemed a little excessive to do three episodes solely focused on old historical jails in a row. So here we are with number three, the historic old Hamilton Jail in Jasper, Florida. The old jail in Jasper has a rich and colorful history. Built in 1893, this Romanesque revival building is located at 501 Northeast First Avenue and was home to many a lawbreakers over the years. And as far as old building goes, it comes with many legends, a lot of them macabre in nature. According to county records, the two-story, fireproof brick, steel, and concrete structure was Hamilton County's only jail and was last utilized as a jail around the year 1984. When the jail was in operation, there were separate cell blocks for white men, African Americans, and women. It also had a separate cell for solitary confinement, but was more often than not just used as ye olde drunk tank. 
Historians have claimed that two African-Americans and one Caucasian man were hanged from the ornate tower of the jail, and those hangings brought out throngs of local citizens to watch primitive executions. But after a little bit of research, it's easy to point out that the far more common hangings done from the wagon directly outside of the jail brought in just as many onlookers. Kind of becomes apparent that we haven't changed that much, yeah? There are also several alleged deaths inside the jail, including numerous suicides and plenty of inmate-on-inmate murders. On July 7, 1983, the old jail was added to the U.S. National Register of Historic Places, and now serves as the Hamilton County Historical Museum. The jail, many say, is haunted by the ghosts of its former residents. According to some locals, as well as more than a few paranormal investigators, the grounds are haunted by the spirit of a little boy named Tommy, and a tall, dark figure known to most as Shadow Jim. I'm not exactly sure about what all lurks within those walls, but I can say that it's varied, and you will hear about that tonight. At this point, I'd like to welcome back Jill Weaver to discuss our investigation of the Hamilton Jail, the ridiculous temperatures that we are dealing with, and all of that cat energy that we keep talking about. We're not going to start talking about AI, then we'll be here all night. (laughs) <laughs> All right, friends and fiends, it is my great pleasure to welcome back a dear friend of the show, Jill Weaver. Thank you again so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to see you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm always happy to be here. I'm always, always so happy to chat with you, John. Well, as most of my followers know who've been following us on uh, social media, they knew that I did a little bit of a stretch of uh, spooky tourism down in Florida with you over winter break. So we're going to tackle that here in just a minute. But you know what? We haven't had you on the show for a while. Are there any updates that you have to give anything to share that's going on in your world? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, it's it's been really busy. Um, probably the biggest thing that I have to, to talk about is uh, I was interviewed by Paraflix uh, Television. Mm. My episode will be coming up on April 16th. I am season five, episode seven, which I actually loved the numerology of that. Such great um Magic numbers. Yeah, it's on a show called uh, Disembodied Voices. Uh, my podcast is already up live about that. Um, and you can go to my Facebook page and I'll have the links. Um, it is a site that's uh, the whole network and, and so much of it. It's all done by uh, Kelly Schwartz. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out on Facebook. I'll have the links to that. But yeah, that I had a great conversation with her. Um, we talked a lot about Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, yeah. And the UFO campground. So, yeah, it's it'll be really germane for little spoilers of what's to come. Well, I, I certainly have the I have the date saved for your, your, your episode airing in my calendar. So I'm going to start my free trial that day so I can uh, I can get caught up and, and see your, your guest spot on there. Yeah. And I'll uh, I'll let you know what other episodes that I think you might also enjoy because I've been kind of reaching out to some of the other speakers. So Oh, cool. Right on. Yeah, I'll absolutely. Give you, give you some tips. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll be sure to have all of that stuff in the show notes for anybody who's interested. As of course, always, I encourage everybody to go check out our associates' work. But yeah, that's that's really exciting. I can't wait to see it. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, winter time rolled around, and uh, I went on my little trip of the south, and uh, comedically enough, ended up doing three investigations of three jails all in a row. <laughs> The final jail that we hit on this trip was the the old Hamilton jail, which you and I ended up investigating in December of last year. But your connection to that place goes back a little bit further. So before we get to our investigation, I was wondering if we could talk about your previous experiences with the old Hamilton jail. And, and this is in 
it's Jasper, Florida, which is fairly close to the Florida, Georgia state line. Mm-hmm. I don't think you realize that when you were coming to Florida, you would pick the absolute coldest while well, our only week of winter, but you pick the coldest week to come. <laughs> so. I, I'm pretty sure it was the coldest across the entire United States this last winter. Um, but you know what? Still, I'm pretty disappointed. Even though I came during the coldest part of the year, I never got to see raining iguanas. <laughs> We probably should have gone a little further south for that, but we have them here, but they're, but they're small. They're not, I didn't see any iguanas on the ground, but um, yeah, it it worked out um, probably, I think it was about two or three weeks before you came because it was my birthday weekend. I went there on December 4th and, um, you know, being a newcomer to Florida and being a paranormal investigator, you know, the first thing you want to do is like, okay, well, what's haunted here? What can I go see? And um, I'd really been trying to reach out and make new friends in the paranormal community, you know, down here. And um, so sometimes the best way to get a feel for locations, you know, before you really, you know, hook up with paranormal investigators is just to do something fun, just to do a fun event. And, uh, and so the event that I, I joined was uh, Paranormal Kicks Cancer, and that is a collaboration between the founder of Proof Paranormal and uh, it, it's Chris. He started a charity arm of investigation, and that's the Paranormal Kicks Cancer, in which they donate a portion of the proceeds of of their investigations. And, um, his fiance, Alex is the one that, you know, kind of manages everything. And I tell you, it, it was a great event because we got dinner, they fed us. Um, we had, you know, some little lectures and then they just, you know, put out all their equipment for us to use. So, like I said, for being a newcomer, that was a really great kind of opening way to, to scope out this place. Well, it was interesting in so many different ways. And um, like we were talking a few minutes ago, John and I were saying, it's like, you know, we talk about all of our ghost hunting and the things that happen and when we're connecting with spirit, but there's always so much more to that. And I think that that's why ghost hunting is so freaking addicting because you get your hit of history. You get, there's always something so fun that happens or just really unexpected. It's, it's really always sort of an adventure whenever you go ghost hunting and, you know, you're going into small towns. Jasper is a very, very small town. I don't know the history of that particular town, but I think like a lot of small towns at one time, you know, it had its heyday. Um, Mm -hmm. The railroad goes through there and there's some kind of pretty buildings there, but everything is just sort of in, you know, disrepair and, So that's always kind of part of it. Um, And as we know, sadly, in these small towns that have been hit by a lot of poverty, you get a lot of homeless and you get a lot of people that have, you know, mental challenges and and are just not being addressed. And so that that sort of um, played a part in this. Um, As the event unfolded, you know, being blissfully unaware of all of this, um, I saw somebody standing in one of the cells. Well, you know, I had just gotten there and we signed in and there's, there's 23 people that I've never met before that are actually already there and, and kind of milling about. So you never really know who your other investigators are, which is, is always my thing. You know, usually whenever we investigate, we always go to dinner, look at everybody's faces, you look at what they're wearing. So, you know, who else is going to be kind of stumbling around in the dark with you? Well, at this event, we didn't get to do that. And I saw somebody, you know, up in the jail area and, uh, and I chose my bunk 
uh, we got to actually pick a bed in one of the cells for where we wanted to bunk up for the night. And so I, I chose mine. Um, I was by myself. And so I ended up picking what was the medical ward. It was basically like an isolation cell. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it was fairly, it was fairly private. There was actually a solid wall on one side and it was kind of tucked away in the corner. So I thought, well, you know, that'll be a good place. And I set my stuff down there and, and, and went down to kind of join the festivities downstairs. And we had this great spread of food, you know, fried chicken, vegetables, all, all kinds of stuff, dessert, coffee. And, uh, we had finished eating and, you know, we're doing kind of the little lecture in the, in uh, the history of the place. And then we started, you know, kind of milling around and we came back down and, uh, and the organizer, she was quite distressed. And she said that this gentleman had wandered in the building and she had assumed that he was with our group. So she asked his name and, you know, was trying to check him off the list. And I think he said his name was Stephen. I, I can't remember now. I think it was Stephen. And she didn't really notice too much about him, except he seems to be wearing this poncho, which she thought was a little odd because it was still really warm that day. And he wasn't on her list. And she said, well, you know, I'm sorry, this is a private event. You have to leave. And as he left, she looked a little closer at him and she realized that this wasn't actually a poncho. This was a shower curtain that he had very... Very, he looked very dashing. Actually, you know, we jo- we joked about it. You know, he had it kind of thrown over his shoulder, and so you know, he sort of strode off wearing this shower curtain with the, with, you know, with all the connections on the bottom, and we didn't think very much about it. Well, as the night went on, it just kept getting stranger and stranger, and it was a very active location. Um, we actually did have quite a bit of of uh, activity there. We had some really good Estes sessions. Well, the Estes sessions kind of started taking on sort of a warning. We kept getting things like he's coming, uh, hidden doors. Well, we went back down and we were talking to the organizers and we're slowly starting to piece things together. It's just like one of those mysteries. You get little pieces and then later, you know, hours later, like, oh my gosh, okay, now it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, when uh, when Chris and Alex had shown up the night before to, to prep for this event, they realized that one of the doors had been kicked in. And so they, you know, they rebolted up the door and, but they didn't really think very much of it and they didn't search the building. And so Alex went to sleep and Chris stayed up all night. Like they had to clean out. I, I think the, the event before them had been like a Halloween event. So they were, you know, trying to clean up and do that and bring in the grill and bring in all the food and everything. So that later we realized that this gentleman was living in the jail. And so we started, you know, we started getting these ominous Estes, you know, voices from spirit. And then we started getting like a little freaked out because people started seeing this guy. He kept hanging around outside. He had actually come back in the building and grabbed two more plates of food (laughs) and, and he, w- he was challenged, but everyone was kind of like, well, you know, he's harmless. You know, he's homeless. Just give him a bunch of food. Like, okay, dude, now you've gotten three plates of food. Like, just, you know, this is our investigation. Please stay out. So he just kind of kept hanging around in the periphery. <laughs> um, at, this, at this point, he had shed the shower curtain and had donned all black. So now he was looking like one of us wearing all black. 
Doing his so best to Scooby-Doo blend in. It was oh, kind God. of Scooby-Doo blend in, which, you know, actually you kind of can. I could totally see, you know, sort of like crashing a funeral or something. You just dress in black and act like, you, you know, you belong there. So we were, kind of, <laughs> we were kind of on to this guy. So a couple of the other um, helpers for the event were trying to kind of keep an eye on him. Um, so he was kind of like skirting around. Mm-hmm. And so when we were getting spirit messages like, you know, hidden and all this two of the the investigators that were there helping out they had a flare and i said why don't you guys just sweep the building with a flare just see if anybody's hiding so we started they started sweeping the building well in the medical ward under my bunk that i was going to sleep in they found a whole bag of groceries and a pillow and that was actually where he had been holed up so these these jail bunks, they had mattresses on them and they actually had like some blankets and things. And so the way they were hanging down, you couldn't really see under there. So it was really like the perfect hidey spot. So we believe that he had actually been sleeping there the whole time, including the first night when, when Chris and Alex were readying the jail and readying this whole building for, for the event. Oh, you know, that like super creeped everybody out, you know, in, in, in hindsight. And, um, and Alex was very sweet. She always wants her guests to have a really great time. And so this was really kind of starting to become quite distressing to her. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so now, you know, everyone was on, was on the alert. We didn't find him in the building. Um, but he did, uh, he did wander in later actually. And after the fourth time of being asked to leave, we ended up calling the sheriff and both sheriffs showed up and had a long conversation with him outside the building. And by this point, he was still all dressed in black, but he was now carrying a large hard copy of the Twilight movie um, book (laughs) under one arm, like a Bible. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You're immediately kicked off the premises just for that alone. (laughs) Like, I would have been able to tolerate it up until that point. You being tried Twilight into this? No, you're you're out. You're gone. Yeah. Right. The, the, yes, the tome of Twilight was under one arm, but <laughs> um, but kind of distressingly is in the other hand. Um, he had picked up. We found out it was just a palm frond, but it was really long and it was it was brown and it almost looked like a big you know piece of like splintered wood that he was carrying around, almost like you know like it was a knife or something. So that really kind of elevated things to this other uh, to this other level. And he was quite distressed that we were in the building. Um, He kept saying, well, you know, how to how do the police officers know that we had permission to be there? And, you know, the organizers are like, we have keys. See, we have keys. We have keys to the building. We are supposed to be here. Well, come to find out what he was most agitated about is that he had had all of his food and some of his belongings still there under my bunk, the bunk that I chose. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was kind of sad because one of the guys had just like thrown all his stuff away. So I, I think that that's why he was getting quite agitated, but yeah. um you know, that, that was kind of, you know, he had, he had squatted there and stuff. So, I mean, we had great sympathy for the guy, but that's, it's just not cool um, to be sneaking in. And, you know, this place is quite large. I'm sure that when, you know, when you do your history, you know, you'll talk about, you know, half of it is this house and the other half is this, is this jail. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we had a lot of really great Estes sessions there. We had a lot of um, really great um, interactions, a lot of cat ball activity and things. So 
it was a really great introduction to the location. And so then, you know, after having done that and then finding out that you were coming, I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's try to snag this place. And I had no idea that you had just been on the whole jail tour of, <laughs> of the Southern U S. So if it was all unintentional though, that was the thing is, as I, are you sure? So the, the Washington state park jail bed and breakfast. Yeah. That one was on the docket. But when I went back home to Natchez, Mississippi, we were supposed to be doing like the little theater and a couple of small clubs and all of that fell apart. But somehow I magically managed to get into the old Adams County jail. So apparently that was the theme for December. We're just going to roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 you know, you, we and I, you know, when you're in the magical community and that, you know, you always talk about, you know, words and thoughts are things we, we, we've just hammered that to death, mm. but you actually do kind of create your, you know, your, your situations. And it was kind of creepy also in hindsight that one of the, the things that they do at these events is they play basically hide and seek and it's hide and seek with Jason. So everyone left the building. We went out around our um, the bonfire and, we were doing some other stuff and, you know, and having our s'mores. And so while everyone is outside of the building, anyone who chooses to hide can go back in, hide in the jail. And then one of the, whoever volunteers will put on a Jason mask and will hunt through the whole building until he finds you. So it's supposed to be this really fun kind of creepy hide and seek, but it's like, we manifested that in this homeless dude that was creeping around. And we think he was in the building quite a bit that night that we were completely unaware. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm sure that y'all creeped him out just as much as uh, yeah, he creeped you out. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that, well, and, and even, you know, and like the, the police ended up coming, that was at four 30 in the morning. So, you know, we had a long night of this. And at one point I had seen something out of the corner of my eye and I'm thinking, you know, it's spirit activity, but I, I think it could have also been him creeping around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we're trying to do our best to debunk, you know, like, what did you see? You know, was it human? Was it spirit? But, um, yeah, that kind of actually gave a whole new kind of creepy vibe to hide and seek. That's also got to be incredibly frustrating, though, like as an investigator to uh, essentially have somebody contaminating everything like you, you now have to essentially go through every little bit of evidence you potentially have picked up and be like, nope, nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, I had ruled out anything that I saw, you know, out of the corner of my eye or, or anything. I mean, the, the, the good thing kind of about these events is that most people go to sleep at one o'clock in the morning. Most people just, you know, crash out. And it was yeah. down to, I think maybe like five of us that continued to investigate. But um, one of the stories that I kept hearing from these previous investigators and, you know, they've, they've hunted this place extensively is um, Shadow Man Jim. Shadow Man Jim is known to be a spirit there. And then that, you know, as we talk about our current investigation that, you know, we did there, that that definitely will come in play. So it was really nice to kind of get some of that background information and and just really have a lay of the land. And then because when you and I went, we only had two other investigators with us. So, you know, we had four people which I thought was absolutely perfect. But I, of course, then at that point had a lot of security concerns because, you know, here we're going into this place. There's only four of us. And, um, but they, they secured the building and, you know, we cleared it and everything. And then when we got there, the first thing we did was check all the exits and make sure that, you know, there was nothing, you know, that anyone had, uh, had obtained access again. And, right. Um, yeah. No, I did a full perimeter check the second that we got in there. I'm like, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. 
Right. And, and no, and no shower curtain, man. So no shower curtain, man. No, <laughs> or at least not that we know of. I don't know. No, some I'm things might, sure, but <laughs> there's still some footage that I have not reviewed. He might show up on there somewhere. <laughs> it would crack me up if it did. So that was kind of your first introduction with it. And then what an eventful night that was. Good God. Um, dinner and a show. Dinner and a show. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, whenever you found out that I was coming in, you suggested that we uh, return back and check this place out. And so we did. And did so, as you said, on the coldest freaking day I think Florida has ever experienced. It was it down was in the 20s. It was 27 degrees. It was yeah. 27 degrees. Yeah, there was frost on my car when we went to leave. Yeah. And, th- and this, this building had electricity and they had one little heater and I had brought another heater. And luckily I had grabbed a whole stack of all of my wool camping blankets Thank God you did, because we would have, uh, I, I think at least one of us probably would have experienced some level of hypothermia. If not, it, it got pretty rough there towards <laughs> the end. But yeah, let's let's talk about this investigation that uh, that I went on with you, because it turned out to be, like many of the, uh, the investigations that I did over the winter break, they were active, a lot of stuff happened, never what I was expecting or, or hoping mm-hmm. for, but we still got some really interesting stuff. And, you know, as the phrase goes, there was a lot of cat energy in there, which we will get to momentarily. But when we kicked off, um, things were relatively quiet for the first hour or so. But one of the first things that we did after getting into this building and and getting all of our equipment set up is you set that little motion detector uh, doorbell little box. Eva, Eva, yeah, yeah, uh, up the, uh, the corner of the stairs. And within 30 minutes of you placing it there, we heard it go off while we were on the opposite side of the house. Yeah, we were up in the jail and we heard it go off. And that was, it's, that's, it's sort of, it, it just becomes sort of an ominous thing when you hear that because you know that someone has entered the building or has crossed that, that beam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you're sitting there with your entire team in another side of the house, it's definitely like, well, that was something. Or maybe we got a cat. I don't know. Um, yeah, and like I said, there's only four of us, so you know there weren't a lot of people to account for. Yeah, absolutely. So how did the how did our night progress after that? I know that for for a while we just kind of explored, we wandered around, checked things out. We started getting all those really weird electrical things because um, we had you were yeah you were wandering around, and I was with the two other investigators, and we were standing in front of the medical ward area there where you know I would, had tried to bunk previously. Mm-hmm. And we were nowhere near, they have uh, this kind of hokey electrical chair. Yeah, a little, uh, it's, they, this, they left up. all of their Hall- Halloween props still up from October. Yes, they were still there. However, I had been there, like I said, like three weeks before, and that was not active. That was not plugged in. It was not doing anything. It does have a motion sensor on it that makes it, you know, light up and sounds like someone's being electrocuted. So that was not active when I was there before, but somehow in those three weeks and there there had been no other investigations in the meantime, that had gotten rigged up. And so we were standing, you know, a good 10 feet from it and we were starting to see shadow activity and things going on down the hall. And and that thing lit up. And of course, you know, we all jumped like crazy and scared the crap out of us (laughs) because no one was was near it. It was totally a mystery incorporated moment. Every right. single one of us just like <laughs> leapt out of our socks. It was a straight out of a cartoon. 
but no, that's that's a really good point, right? I got. I really wish somebody would have been recording that because it was very much a zoink scoob type of moment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, you you make a really good point in in um in laying that out is that when it started going off, none of us were closer than fifteen feet from it. Like we were on the opposite side of the hallway, and throughout the course of of the evening, and, and folks, I will have. A little video clip and some pictures of this apparatus that we're talking about, just so you can have visual reference. We did our best to try and set this thing off. Whenever it started going off, we were like jumping around on the floor, moving around on different sides of the room, trying to get this thing to go off. There was no rhyme or reason to it. It would just randomly go off. And when it started doing it, when we were all on the opposite side of the second floor in cell block B, that was even weirder. I mean, like nothing was over there to trigger it and to set it off. Right. And you have to realize that, you know, a portion of this building is house, but the portion that we're talking about where the jail is, is all steel and concrete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, very, very solid. So yeah, it's not like you're, you know, you're going to have creaky floors or things. So yeah, I think, um, it kept it kept sort of interjecting, um, and then we did start seeing you know some shadow movement and some things, and then yeah, it didn't really really kick off until all of us just went into one of the cells and then conducted the ESTA session. We had our cat balls, and um, I had my laser grid set up. We started seeing a lot of movement in the hallway. Yeah. All right. So let's take those two events one at a time. First, the uh, the ESTA session. Much like any time you and I end up doing one together, I end up taking the headphones off and I'm hearing like, that was a great conversation. I'm like, I have no idea what in the hell just happened, but okay, well, we'll just roll with it. This one was really interesting to go back and listen to because there started to be some very, very direct back and forth call and response. What what I hope I'll be able to illustrate, at least with a little clip of the video before the camera died, was, you know, you mentioned the cat ball, the, the cat toys earlier. Now, these things are like, they're light up cat toys. You know, if the cat bats it around, it's going to blink and, and everybody has seen them at this point. While I was plugged in and had the headphones on, Jill and our other two investigators had the cat ball out in the, the hallway right next to the cell that we were in and uh, conducting the, the session in. And it started to, the, the cat ball started to get moved in response to all of you asking it to. It's like, would you mind mm -hmm. moving that ball again? And then I would hear, oh, thank you very much. And uh, so apparently this was going back and forth for quite a bit, right? That went on for quite a bit. Yeah, we had quite a an active back and forth exchange. And the whole time, uh, the laser system that I have, it throws a grid, but then it also will detect movement against the laser that you don't necessarily notice with your eyes. And it was detecting a lot of, a lot of movement on that hallway. <clears throat> and we were actually feeling like there was like a presence out there during a lot of this. And we kept asking for it to come into the cell where we were. And then the cat ball would light up and mm -hmm. then you would, you know, be making very germane responses through the Estes session. So it did that for quite a while. And then it, and then it clearly was done. Because it called for it called for intermission. <laughs> well, you know, not not only did it call for intermission, and that's great. I'll be sure to play that clip for everybody. But 
the the real moment when things changed is there's one moment where you hear me say he's got the keys boss is here or something like that mm -hmm. and it really did feel like warden just walked onto the floor everybody turned out their lights and everybody rolled under their blankets and kept stayed really really quiet that's what it felt like boss man came around and so everybody clammed up yeah, it really felt like there were two distinct spirits. <clears throat> I think that that first spirit that we were talking to, I don't know if it was the spirit of one of the prisoners there. I don't know if it was um, the the spirit that they refer to as Shadow Jim. That was the best known spirit that that you know the other investigators had talked about. I know there's a little boy Timmy there, but I this I don't think this was a child spirit. But yeah, it was someone that was just kind of hanging out with us. Um, we started getting responses that led us to think that there almost was a cat in the building. We started talking about the cat, like, you know, and it would have made total sense that there was a, there was a prison cat because, you know, prisons are going to get mice. So there was probably several cats there. It's a lot of cat energy here. I'm telling you. Yeah. There was a lot of cat energy and uh, yeah. And it really enjoyed the toys and we, yeah, there was a lot of um, just kind of a lot of activity about that. And then, like you said, all of a sudden, like boss man was on the floor everybody felt like they scattered. And then pretty soon, you know, he called for intermission and just kept saying, you know, basically later, later. But to me, the, I went back and listened. I think your camera had died. So I had turned on voice memos on my phone and done a little recording. And kind of where I picked up in that is, um, you know, the boss man shows up. He, he calls for an intermission. And then this is what turned out to be incredibly ominous and, and foreshadowing for me is he said, soon we will have a gentleman you've met, which that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. to me was, it's, it's always in hindsight. You hear these things, you're like, okay, okay, great. You know, later, later, it kept saying soon, soon, not right now, soon. It's not late enough. Not now, maybe later. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, all right, you know, you've used up all your energy. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, this um, this actually seems to be like an ongoing routine with me too. Like every time I get plugged in, we get it loud, hard, and heavy for the first few minutes, and then it's like, okay, that's it for now. Come back later. Come back later. But it was, you know, it was. You're right. There were t two very distinct energies there, and the first one right off the bat was being very playful and interactive. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There were actually a couple of times when, uh, you all would ask for the ball to be moved. It would be moved. And then I would respond with something like, is that good? Did I do okay? Mm -hmm. Like something like that. Yeah. It almost seemed, um, just my intuition is it's almost seeming like we were dealing with someone that was maybe sort of mentally challenged or mentally handicapped or certainly wanted to please whoever was there. Right. Yeah, yeah. I got kind of that feeling of like submission, like, you know, did I do good? Is, is, how is that? How, you know, it was somebody who was very agreeable to yeah. our, our, our requests of them. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And after, you know, at first for a while, I was really thinking, holy crap, are we dealing with a ghost cat here? Because I uh, believe me, it wouldn't be the first time that that has come mm -hmm. around my radar, you know? But after you pointed that out, I, I was, that seemed to make sense to me as well. It just kind of, the the tone with which the responses uh, we, we were getting was very, as you said, like submissive and like, I just want to do right, please, you know. 
Yeah, which, yeah, totally contrasted to, you know, the bosses here now. And, and you know, and that would have been the way, you know, I, I think I don't know the numbers, you know, of who was incarcerated there. But, you know, typically they were a lot of, you know, younger people. And and typically the warden would have been a very authoritative, you know, older man that, you know, was running the jail. So it's hard to say. But, but what I would have liked to point out, like speaking of intuition, just kind of like picking up on the vibes that we feel from all this whenever warden did come around, I didn't feel that as being like a malignant or, or mean or dark presence, but certainly an authoritative one. It's just like when the warden walks, nobody talks that type mm-hmm. of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, yeah. He had to have a position of authority because, you know, he was basic. I don't think they had any other jailers there, you know? Yeah, but it just it, it didn't seem like cruel or angry at oh, all. Oh no, 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 yeah. no. There was nothing cruel or angry about that. But he would definitely have to be a person that that controlled, you know, the prisoners and controlled the situation. And it, those kind of old jails, you know, late eighteen hundreds are very intriguing to me because the other half was the family. The warden's family and kids lived there. Yes, you know, his true. wife was doing the was doing the cooking and bringing the meals, and, and you know, really kind of being like you know the mother warden to these, I bet a lot of them were younger people. And so, you know, it's, that's just such an interesting conflicting energy to me. Cause in a way, you know, you're taking care of these people, but they're also prisoners. And, you know, there were a lot of deaths there and a lot of hanging. So, yeah. you know, you're, you know, your, your wife is actually feeding these prisoners their last meal. And, you know, your kids are in the, are in the bedroom, you know, hopefully they're not peeking out the window, but we think they were, that they were actually watching some of these hangings that went on. Yeah. Because then later we had gone into that one bedroom that I think was, it was the children's room. Um, We didn't get a whole lot of activity there, but I think we did get some spirit story box things that kind of led us to believe that they were sort of peeking out and kind of watching what the grownups were doing outside. If I remember correctly, and I'll have to go back and listen to the audio, I believe you even asked that question directly. I'm like, were you looking out the window when you weren't supposed to? And yes, yes, I was. So, um, which I'm sure either uh, traumatized or desensitized them. I, I don't know. At the time, I guess it, you know, it's a little bit more common for it to happen. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, that just is such an interesting, you know, energy, you know, cause I've been in a lot of prisons, but typically, you know, they're larger prisons, but I have done a few of these sort of County jails. And that to me is just, you know, one half of the is, is a family's home and it's beautiful and it's a parlor and, and everything else. And then, you know, right next door are all the, the prisoners. We got to get you into the old Adams jail in, in Natchez. I think, uh, I, th- I think, it would go off like uh, fireworks. Yeah. Oh, I would, I would love to, and, you know, and that's another point too, is that, you know, I had been in this location like three weeks previous to that, but I, no one else had been there in the meantime. And I think before that investigation, I don't think anyone had been in there for months. So these, these places are sort of ripe by the time, you know, you walk in cause it's been all quiet and, you know, they've done all their, whatever it is, you know, goes on when no one living is there. And then all of a sudden, you know, we come in and start and start talking and they start responding. That's true. The more you talk about them, the more they'll show up. So uh, the laser grid that you mentioned earlier, there was an experience that we had with that, that I want to touch on. Cause this one kind of actually blew me away. And I can't remember if this was before or after the Estes session, probably after. I think it was after. 
the cell that we did the Estes session in, we actually ended up moving over to the cell next to it. And that's where you guys were sitting for a while and you set up the laser grid. And I think for a while I was just wandering through the hallways. It eventually got to the point where the three of you were in that cell talking amongst yourselves and I come around the corner and I, I look down at that laser pointer and according to the grid, there's like seven or eight things standing about eight feet in front of us. I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And so we just keep an eye on this for a while. And this, can you talk about the actual grid itself and what it does so that um, people have a frame of reference here? Yeah, I don't, um, I, I got it from the uh, the Ghost Hunter store. I don't know the actual name of it, but um, it's really nice. It's a nice, it's a square device and it throws a red uh, square grid and then it's got electronics in there. And so it has a screen and it is detecting if there's any um, any movement of the actual laser light. And like I said, typically, you know, you you have a laser and then you all stare at it and, you know, try to see if any of the, the lines are blocked. This kind of does that for you. And so it'll give you an indication of how many places it's sensing a, a break or some disturbance to the lasers. And it'll also give distance. It'll give distance, direction, and then all the different pixels just depending on the screen. So, yeah, I believe the part that you're referencing is, you know, we could see that, you know, there was you. So you were, you know, several, you know, pixels were blocked off that were you. But there were other things that were moving around near nearby you. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of an independent laser in that you know they're sort of separate beams so it can tell that you know people are in one one portion of it because otherwise you know if you broke if you broke the laser beam and it was closer to the source you know it wouldn't continue to cast you would you know just one object would completely distort the laser right and this kind of gets around that that problem yeah, I would. I, it's uh, most of y'all have seen me use like the laser pin with the the dot grid on it. This is not like that. This is a legitimate box off red laser screen, and it's uh, it's really interesting to see the results on that, especially when it starts to pick up on things from a distance. So, whenever we first started to experience that, we started getting all of this stuff kind of popping in and out all around me. I was like, you know what? experiment time. Let's see if I can rouse them out of their cells. And this is when I started making the laps around cell block B and be like, warden's gone. Come on out. Come on out and have some coffee. Play some cards with us. You don't have to stay in your cells. Come on out. Come on out. And I started doing loops around uh, that whole cell block. And then eventually it got to the point that any time that I I would pass back over the laser grid, you would see this series of dots following me in unison. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we legitimately felt like you were you were being followed around there. Um, and and to be clear, that was the men's cell block. Um, I believe the one and it was segregated. So I believe for a while there we were in the colored men's cell. Um, oh, and we had not talked about um, one of the other investigators literally saw a hand. There was the opening in the in the wall where meals and things were exchanged. And she saw a hand come through there. There was some other shadow movement back behind there. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some of that as well at first, like right when we started the Yesta session. I could see mm-hmm. the, the shadows up above. Yeah, it, 
and we felt we literally all felt the presence of something and i and i don't think it was the warden i don't think it was these other spirits that we had talked about i don't even think that it was shadow jim potentially but it just felt like there was something maybe like crouched down three feet high, maybe, you know, a couple feet wide that was just kind of lurking there when we were all in the cell. And I yes. think that happened before you went out and started trying to chase things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I, I, that I, I, happened right before you started looping around. Like we just kind of felt like when we were in the cell that something started lurking. And I think that's probably why I placed the laser there. I was like, ah, I just had a feeling that there was something out there kind of just hanging back and seeing what we were doing yeah off in that corner right past mm -hmm, that the door. corner yeah mm -hmm. i know exactly what you're talking about yeah i think all of us kind of picked up on that to clarify something i wasn't actually going out there chasing i was going out there to play follow the leader you know come with me <laughs> okay. boys you know because that was that was kind of the vibe that i wanted to get they were being so playful earlier right uh that, that my thought was like come on out come on out and play like follow me around come out of your cells and that was pretty fascinating. I th I do think I actually got some footage of me walking past it, and you can see the dots following me. Um, if if I can track down that video, I'll be sure to post it. But and I do I do have some video footage I can share with you, um, Great, showing yeah. the 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 laser grid in action, and you can see you know some of the screen and how it all lit up. And um, so, at what point did you stumble into the medical word cell, the the bunk that I had occupied, and encountered? the remaining Halloween decor in there. <laughs> Damn them. Seriously. That was I warned you. I warned so you. not I said, cool, man. I said, I said at the very beginning, I said, just FYI guys, there's still some Halloween decor set up and you know, <laughs> yeah. So all right. That, uh, that happened about an hour after the sun went completely down. Right. But here's the thing. I already knew. I knew as I was walking past it and I saw that little crypt keeper looking uh, doll over there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to remember you're there. Yeah, I didn't. About an hour no. later when I'm up there, like I'm standing out the opposite end of the hallway and I'm, I'm like, hey, 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 do, do, you, do you see this? Do you see that? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Hang on. I'm going to slowly turn on my... Oh, son of a... I hate props. I hate props. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Places. It's Because you always forget... And, and like, to be fair, you know, you forget. And then we had so much activity happening and you start getting the feeling that, yeah, spirits are moving around. Things are kind of starting to hide and, and creep around. <laughs> it was a very active place, just not in the way that I was expecting. You know, it, mm -hmm. um, I, at this point, things moving in the shadows, that's almost, that's, that's like everywhere for me now. Uh, like I've, I've gotten so used to it that if I just sit and be quiet and still long enough, yeah, things are going to start happening. But yeah, the, the Hamilton jail was just a very, very different vibe. It was, uh, it was playful. It was, um, curious. I think it likes to interact. I would certainly say that I would love to go back and experience it again, preferably not in the dead of winter. Yeah, it, you you could see if you go on my Facebook page and look back. I mean, we were all bundled up. I mean, I, I was more bundled up than I had been in any other investigation in Indiana or any other colder weather places I had gone. I mean, it, it was just, it was absolutely brutal. So, you know, basically after, you know, we had investigated, I think it was probably, we did all this. This all happened before about 1 a.m. Mm -hmm. And then there was one other room with heat. 
and you promptly claimed it, <laughs> laid on the couch, took some wool blankets, and went to sleep. Yeah, I needed it. It'd be an, it had been a long run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, you and the other investigator were in there, and you know, I I certainly don't fault you at all. You had had such a long rough trip, and then um, the other investigator and I had we had literally, you know, like circled the wagons. We we had taken both of the heaters, the one I brought and the one that was there and put them in the middle. And then we just loaded ourselves up with the blankets and just basically sat in, in those chairs next to the the heater for like the next four hours. Yeah. We, we made, a co- I think we took a couple of breaks and like walked through, but really nothing really was, was happening when we were sitting there. We would, we would hear things kind of happening in other places and hearing like some footsteps and things, but. That really started to become constant as as people stayed still and in the front of the house mm-hmm. a little bit more. We were definitely hearing a lot more back in that uh, in the the jail area. But uh, yeah, I was just cash, so I I called it. Now it was uh, a couple hours after that is when we potentially had uh, an interaction with Shadow Jim, right? And I was unconscious for this. Yes, yes. You and the other investigator were were sound asleep. And um in in me and the other investigator that had stayed awake, you know, we were, oh my gosh, we were so, so cold. And we had decided, you know, we had food and stuff. We decided, you know, mom's always right, you know, if you're cold, make some hot cocoa and some hot soup. And we had done that and um and we're starting to kind of feel a little bit better. Um, yeah, you were still passed out. So we felt a little better. I think we kind of, you know, did some more walking through. We just, you know, had like a few little vibes of stuff that was going on upstairs of us and around the corner. And so then I finally called it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like we are literally going to get hypothermia. Um, yeah, this was, so yeah, it was about, it was about 5am. I was like, I'm, I'm calling this, you know? And so we let you guys sleep a little bit longer and we just started, you know, kind of clearing, cleaning up, you know, what we have. And, uh, and so the first thing I did is I walked into the front. So the, the main front door, as you come in, there's a, there's a foyer area and those are the stairs that, you know, we had, we had put Eva on. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I'm, I'm going to go grab Eva. So I walked to the front, which is out of eyesight from where the other investigator was. She was in sort of like this little um, family room area, area right? dining room. Yeah, it right up, right into the door frame where the dining area was. And this is literally where, where this building is split between the house and the jail. Um, because beyond that, over to the one side is where the uh, women's prison was. The women were on the first floor. They were closest to the kitchen. I think the reason was uh, they were also, you know, trying to kind of um, keep an eye on the women, you know, keep them warm or whatever. Because at one point there actually had been a woman and a, and a baby that were um, incarcerated there. Right. Yeah. And so I go and I just go up these two little steps. I retrieve my device. I come around, I turn the corner and the other investigator, she looks up and she goes, uh, you're there. And I said, uh, yeah, I just ran over just, you know, and, and, and grabbed Eva. And she goes, but, but you were just here next to me. And I said, no, I wasn't. I got up and walked in a completely opposite direction from you and went around. And she said, no, no, no. You were right here, two feet, literally two feet away from me. I mean, we're not talking, you know, a shadow 
out of the corner of your eye. She said, no, you were literally here two feet away from me. And she said, I was, I was sure it was you. And I said, well, you know, what's your, what's your impression? She said, well, all black. She said, but you're wearing all black. You're, I was, I had a black knit cap on. I had black hair. I had my long black down coat on. And as, she's like, all no. as all of us were. As all of us were. She goes, I, I no, that, that was you. And I said, no, no, it wasn't. And, you know, it's, you know, you're tired and everything. And I, I didn't really want to freak her out. It was her first investigation. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that was. And I said, you know, what, what direction was it doing? And it said it, you went um, like behind me, you kind of like went past me toward this dining room area. And then the impression was that it, it went to the right, which would have been toward the, the women's area. Okay. That's where I was going to ask. Yeah. Okay. Right. Which, which kind of, I, I mentioned all this because this kind of all sort of becomes germane later as we, you know, dissect all this. And so then we went in, we woke you up and, you know, we, we got all packed up and, and got on the road. Cause at that point I just, I just wanted hot coffee. <laughs> I just wanted, you know, we had the place until 11, but it was just too miserable for that. So yeah, yeah we woke everybody really up. And then um, I believe when we woke you up, you had had something happen to you around 3 a.m. Yeah, I could have sworn that somebody um, was in the room with me. Um, and, and this was before our, our other investigator came in there and crashed. Um, you know how you, you can close your eyes, but if a light is still on in the room, you can still see a little bit of that soft glow. And if somebody crosses in front of you with your eyes closed, you're going to see that shadow. Mm -hmm. It happened very distinctly, like, it, and it was a much of a shift in the light with my eyes closed that it felt like somebody walked right past me, like a foot away from me on the, the, just to the right of me. And it was enough to jar me awake and I opened my eyes and I'm like, okay. And so I lay back down and I let myself start to drift off again. Happens again, this time coming from the other direction. Eventually I just sat up and I said, Hey, look, I don't mind if you're in here, but can you please stop pacing back and forth? I really need to try to get some sleep. And I lay back down and nothing ever happened after that. <laughs> and yeah, and just, and that that room that you uh, you both were in, that was the warden's. That was, I believe, was like the master bedroom. I believe right. that that's where the warden and his wife was. And there was an entrance there. And then curiously... On the other side of that room, there was another exterior door. And if you go out that door, it takes you to solitary confinement. Yes, which unfortunately we did not have access to, but hopefully we will uh, next time we go. Now, as we uh, we kind of wrap this up, because um, I mean, that was pretty much the extent of our investigation. My final thoughts, and, and at least my opinion of this place walking away from it, is that I desperately want to go and I try. I want to try it again in more comfortable circumstances because it was uh, admittedly it was uh the the cold was so brutal and biting that night it was kind of hard to really sink into the moment and focus and um you know if you're sitting there shivering it's kind of hard to get into a goose fraba state you know <laughs> like oh exactly yeah and 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 they are going to be doing some more events there but they avoid the summer because we're going to have the opposite problem you're going to have that florida heat and humidity start to to cook in so well Hopefully, uh you know if October, i'm going to be November. yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah since i'm going to be uh southbound here myself here pretty soon i would say maybe we try to give that one a go uh this this fall sometime 
Oh, definitely. Um, so I just want to interject kind of my, my final thoughts on this is that it, it kind of, you know, all these things I was kind of hit you later, but then, um, you know, after going through and listening to everything, it's like the Estes session, you know, soon we will have a gentleman you've met coming later. And then all of a sudden we have this, this shadow figure, which is a pretty, pretty distinct shadow figure that was sort of doppelganging me, you know, walking right past this other investigator. And then I had gone, I reached out and I found another investigator who had investigated that jail quite a bit. And this was a female investigator. Now, what she had done is she had bunked down and slept in the woman's quarters. And she said during the night, she opened her eyes to see a pair of shadow legs walking past her bed. So that would have been around the corner. Other investigators say that they have seen that shadow figure come in the front door, go through that area. So based on three independent witnesses, that shadow figure seems to have a repetitive um, re- just repeating, I don't, I, it's sort of like a residual, but it, it's actually a shadow figure doing the residual motion where he comes in the front door, he goes to the left, he goes through that family room, goes right past where the one investigator was standing, hangs a right, and then goes into the female quarters and walked right past the, um, the bunk that was right there. You know, she saw the legs go by. So I thought, you know, at different investigations, these three different people, if we start piecing our stories together, we can actually see a a path that this entity takes. Yeah, a pattern is developing here. That's interesting. Okay. So, yeah, I think it would be cool to to go and potentially hit this place up for two nights in a row uh, at some point and... And do static cameras. And it, it kind of makes me wonder... Yeah, if we did if we did static cameras and, you know, and then thinking all about that, when we had the EVA device go off in the front hall, maybe that pattern was starting. And being a shadow figure, it was able to break the beam of the motion sensor detector. So maybe that was the start of the pattern and he was walking the pattern. Interesting. No, I really, really like that. Yeah. Uh, and there's something to it. The, the one thing that I will say is. You know, again, three jails in a row. Uh, <laughs> bam, bam, bam. What I found really interesting about doing that whole stretch is that um, even though it was three similar locations, none of them felt the same. None of them had the same energy. But the one thing that I did walk away from throughout that entire winter trip is that each one of those has a story to tell. There's there's something there to uncover. There is a story to be told. Hamilton was so hard to focus on because of the discomfort that I I couldn't really quite pick up what it was. But things like this, the experiences that we were having with the Estes Estes session um, earlier in that evening, these are the things that I think are worth looking into. And it's definitely a location worth visiting again because I think those walls have something to tell us. We just didn't really get a chance to find out exactly what that is yet. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I would definitely want to go back. And like I said, it's it's always so helpful, I think, when you reach out to other investigators, you know, what was your experience there? 
I mean, you know, you can only do so much of the scientific investigation as opposed to paranormal investigations because you you have no control or repeatability. Exactly. So the only type of repeatability that you can have is when you have the same location, but you have different people at different times having the same experience. And, you know, other than that, we didn't do, you know, I didn't do any other research or, or anything about the, this place. You know, that's just what I experienced the first time. And then later when I reached out to these other investigators and it's like, okay, this is starting to make sense. This, this actually, there is a pattern there. And I think it's just really important when you're investigating is you have to learn to watch for patterns. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, we're, we're not going to really, because none of us can afford to do like the long haul Mm-hmm. research you know so we're not really going to get to the bottom of it unless we start talking to one another and this is something this is a this is an unfortunate routine of the paranormal community is is that everybody wants to have the the golden egg and everybody wants to be that person if if we're really interested in figuring this stuff out we got to figure out how to start working together and we got to be willing to share experiences and data we need to be willing to lift each other up instead of trying to knock people down. Like that's, we're not going to get any further, which is why I say, let's get away from ghost hunting. Let's get back to parapsychology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's spirit communication. You know, that's, I, I just, you know, people used to say, I want to go consort with the spirits and that's, that's what I want to do is, you know, tell us your stories, tell us what happened to you. But I was a little bit surprised that for there being so many deaths there, it didn't have, you didn't have the feel, the feel of say, maybe like, you know, Mansfield reformatory, you know, it didn't have that really, really dark, gruesome energy. feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was, you know, there was a little bit of that, but I think that that's kind of just, you know, residual ick from what happened, but I don't feel like there was, you know, a lot of exploitation there. Like I've, I've felt at some places. No, that's that's fair. I I would expect you would experience that a little bit more at, at larger places like penitentiaries and uh, asylums and things like that. Small county jails, usually an old west kind of feel. People are tough as nails. People are ready to die for whatever. So it's just kind of a whole different vibe out there. It's it's more wild west than um, uh, gritty prison system. Yeah, and it was actually it was um, there's a old county jail like that in Noblesville, Indiana, and that was the first county jail I ever went to, and it was the first place like that I'd ever taken my son, and that's how I first started figuring out that my son was very intuitive. He was probably about I think he was twelve, and we just toured during the daytime. It wasn't a paranormal investigation. I was like, this is history. This is we're going for you know a historic lesson. You know, and we walked through and, you know, I, I didn't feel anything. And my son said, he goes, I want to leave. I don't want to be here. And he said, and I said, why? And he said, because somebody died here. And I said, oh, you know, it's like, oh, no, honey, I don't, I don't think they had any hangings. I don't think anybody died here. And so then, of course, we go down, you know, we're talking to the docent. And she's like, oh, yeah. She said they, they hung a 17-year-old boy here. There you go. So, you know, there you go. Um, there is a, um, talking about old jails, boy, there's one I really want to take you to. And unfortunately we didn't get to it this summer. Um, it's in Rockford, Indiana. Um, I went there with, uh, some girlfriends and that place I believe has a hellhound. So someday we'll talk about that. There, there can be some, there can be some really icky residual 
energy that gets that gets left over wherever there's a place of of a lot of death like that. You know me, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am here for it all. Well, uh, Jill, thank you so much for joining us on, on this conversation regarding old Hamilton jail, but that was only kind of like tip of the iceberg for our, uh, for my Florida trip and, and me hanging out with you. So on the next episode, we're going to tackle into probably one of the best ghost tours that I've ever been on and kudos to you for finding it. And hopefully we're going to be able to have the man himself on here to talk about this with us. And then we're also going to talk about a uh, brief visit to a very, very special place, which I am going to have to return to. We're going to save that for the next episode. Uh, Jill, thank you again so much for joining us. Is, is there anything else you want to uh, throw out to our audience before we start to wrap this conversation up? No, I think that's it. It's been a busy year. I'm excited about all the fun stuff we have on the calendar coming up, and hopefully I'll, I'll be back soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about that just <laughs> no yet. Spoilers, no spoilers. No, 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 no. But no hopefully, spoilers. man, hopefully this fall I'm going to have some weird stuff to share with you all. One can hope, right? All right, Jill, thank you so much. All right, friends and fiends, I have a little bit of bonus content to add on here at the end. Usually when we cover one of our Estes sessions, I do my best to try to edit some of those high points into the episodes themselves. However, travel is making this a bit more challenging than usual. So before we wrap this episode up, I'd like to present you with an edit of the session we mentioned earlier. This is cut down to about 12 minutes, but I do have a very special gift for our Patreon subscribers. As soon as I am back from our trip to the desert, I will be posting the entire uncut 45-minute session, and there is a lot more to this particular experiment than what is presented here. But some of these were so compelling I had to share at least a little bit with our larger audience. So without further ado, here is a compilation of some of the more interesting bits from our Estes session at the Old Hamilton Jail. I couldn't tell what it was. Spirits here with us now. Spirit, can you come forward? Carolina. Is that your name? Is there a female spirit with us? 
It's not very chatty because save later. To later. No, we're not getting no we're not getting anything much. That's gone. Where's the red? Oh. oh the red. We've got lots of red. Slower. Slower. My light keeps going. Can you come talk to us? I'd like to speak to the spirit that was out here in the hallway. The one that was watching us and skulking around. Those dead appear to me now. What an expert. <laughs> I feel like it's a snarky yeah. thing. Yeah, spirit is very snarky sometimes. Yeah, I think it's dead up here now. You tell me, spirit, are you up here? Do you want a kid? Oh, are you Timmy? The kid. No. Is your name Timmy? Are you one of the warden's children? Did you have a happy childhood here? Graceful Norma. Graceful Norma. Hmm. Was your name Norma? Ensure. What would you like us to ensure? Slower. Slower. If you want to show yourself. You're talking People were wrongly charged here. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? Who was wrongly charged? Friends turn on friends. I bet. Colored. Colored on white, maybe? White on colored? I believe there are probably a lot of injustices done here. Members get on board. What did you think about the warden? Sound like an owl outside. No, on the board. What board? The parole board? Tell us about the injustices. We're ready to listen. Erratic. Couldn't make it out. 
We do not sit in judgment of you. <laughs> I guess a short stop or a short drop and a stop. We don't sit in judgment of you. Not funny. It's talking to you. Yeah, I know. I want to hear what happened here. I want word to be known. We're not laughing at you. Yeah, we're not laughing at you. We want to know what things happened. Sixty. Here. Sixty what? Or so. Did you see the screen line up? Yes. I thought I saw it out of the it's corner of my two eye. Times now. Okay, so it's breaking. This is it. Oh, I just saw something. <gasps> We get movement. Yeah. We have movement. See yeah. the little when the little blue. See light. more. See yep. more. Can we show do. us more? Show us more. Show us. We see you. Thank you. Yeah, it's just, just because you're here. That's the pattern. Just Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He's just around the corner. Thank you. Please come forward. There you go. Thank you. We want to listen to you. We want to hear your story. Sure. What's your name? No problem. Wow. Yeah, I want to hear what happened to you. I really do care. Don't skedaddle. Okay. That's why I come here. Stay with you. I come to these places Over. to tell your story. We come to listen to you and tell people what really happened. We are truth seekers. That's so cool. That is crazy. This is the first time I've used it. That's all movement. These are all wow. spirits moving around. That's breaking the beat. See it? Yes, we, we do. do see see it. It. We see you. Thank you. There's absolutely no vibration. You won't be leaving now. <laughs> it would take a lot of no, vibration we won't. to make Thank you. that. Yeah, we would love to see you. We would love to tell your story. Hey, now. Are there any messages we can get to anyone for you? It's all here. Yeah, One thing at a time. Yeah, we'd like we'd like to see the records from the jail. <clears throat> this is me speaking, but it feels like it's dropped like fifteen degrees in here. We're getting crazy activity, John. Yeah. We're getting crazy motion over here. It's the dark. Yeah, it is in the dark. The beam is. It's right in that area that we were feeling creeped out. Yeah, thank you for Put showing yourself. Place down your cat. I don't The cat toys? The cat toys. Oh. Place down your cat toys. Do we have it? Yes. Yeah. I think I have them with me. We're going to set them out for you. Yeah, we'll set them out for you. Some of us have duties. Like what? What kind of duties? They have the little ball that's flashing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just set it down. The little ball is flashing. That's the cat toy. That's the cat toy. Now the light is off. If you touch it, it will light up again. Yeah, come toward me. Come to the cat toy. I'll kind of step back a little bit. Okay, we'll I won't, I won't crowd you. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Or are you in your right mind or something like that? 
Spirit is hilarious. <laughs> We put it like over there more, or is it going to interfere? It'll interfere with the okay. pain. Okay. That's why I put it there. <laughs> was there a cat here? And that wasn't static, that was somebody. Ooh, that was a big yeah. strike. Thank Ooh, you. Thank you. Ooh. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. But see, that's fun to touch. Now we know you're right there with us. And you know this is on concrete, so there's no way right. that there's any motion. Thank you. Can you right. do it again? That helps us now. We know you're right us? here with us. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Was that good? Yeah, yes. it's very yes, that's good. That's so good. You are a very, very you're smart and powerful spirit. You're doing such an amazing job. Wow. Yeah, we are really, really impressed. The ladies are very impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. You're doing it again. Yeah, anything you have to tell us. We want to write any wrongs that we could write. We'd like to know the truth. I hear scratching. I hear like through the static. Stuff. Cats, all cat stuff. It's cat stuff. It's Was cat there stuff. a cat here? Do you, like, you like cats? cats? I bet they had cats because they probably had cats. Yeah. See? Did you play with the cat? Hands. Hands. Did you pet the cat? You pet with the cat, didn't you? Did the cat maybe bring you some happiness while you were in here? That would be nice to have a little kitty. Yeah, it would be nice to pet a little kitty when you're here. I love cats too. And look how cold it is. You were cold like this. If you were here during the winter time, you probably sweated your butt off in the summer. I would imagine they had cats to keep the mice and rats down. I mean, if they had it's all cat food stuff, and stuff it's all cat stuff. Yeah. Must be a cat person. I like cats too. I have three I, cats. I know. Meat. You know the cat lovers are here. Did you feed the cat meat, or did they feed the meat? They might have gotten scraps. It's still moving on the wrong. I'm getting that blue dot again. Mm -hmm. See, that is like huge movement. Like right the in the center? Breaking. Yeah, right in the center. Did it, you just see it, it has a, it you has a very close to us. Are you seeing something? What should we what do? What should we do? What you're doing is, is perfect. You're coming toward us. We can see your movement. You're playing with the cat toys. Can you see the wall, Becca? I can see the, like... Have you seen it, Ray? What? Like yeah, the... I can see it blinking from over here, not okay. like directly. Have you seen the red brick? No, no, I've been watching. Yeah, I think it's pretty slow, but it detects. And it's mostly been in the center. It just there. started out very slowly, and now it's going crazy. Faithless. 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 Yeah, I bet you lost faith in a pardon. Did you lose faith in the system? Were you wronged by the system? What did they accuse you of? Someone's in here with us. Who's in here with us? Tell us your name. 
I'm sorry, I don't remember the names of any spirits that were here. Shadow Jim? Jim, are you with us? Shadow Jim? Need to eat? We have food if you want something to eat. We're happy to share. You don't have to Who wants it. that drink? Yeah, I would love to give you a drink. No one would take it away from you either. And we won't tell the warden. I'm shot inside out. See if they were going to knock the couple. Still, this is the weirdest thing. It's just. Oh, wait, no, now it's coming back. It just went to nothing but straight static for at least two whole rotations throughout the entire bandwidth. But it dropped off in perfectly silent segments at a steady rhythm. Hmm. Did the camera go off? But hardly any sound is getting through. Are you still here with us? Is there a message in the uh -oh. silence? I'm actually surprised we're getting any signals at all because, you know, it's picking up on radio frequencies. I can't believe there's a lot of radio there's stations around here. Plus, we're in metal. That was straight up. Your question. Yeah. What did you ask about the camera, Buck? Did it go off? I can't tell. There is a recording. Because I saw it flip, it was flipping around it's earlier. totally blank. So there's nothing, like no lights, nothing. It might, have drained, the, it might have drained the battery. Normally there's, there should be like a, I'm not familiar with this. Can camera, you touch the cat toy? A, yeah, usually there's a red recording light. Do you want to touch the cat toy again? Yeah, I I'm see you. Come with us. Yeah, the cat toy's fun, isn't it? Yeah, thank there you. you go. Thank you. That's fun. Help? Oh, how can we help you? I smell gas, like natural gas. Can you tell us how we can help you? What can we do for you? You are free. You are free. Play again. You are free to go. We're glad you're. I couldn't make that out. Could you say it again? You're free to leave. We're not stuck here anymore. That's like going straight across. I know. Like somebody's just... Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I know. I would love to come to these places and not find any spirits left. Michael. Is your name Michael? Or was that my go? Oh, my go. Oh. Go. Go if you want to. You're Please go. Here. Course. Course. Oh, my God. Look at holy, holy shit is right. And see, now it's given direction. So when there's enough of it, the blue light on the top is showing the direction. So they're right. It's like straight. Oh my god, this thing is wow. It's really lighting up. This is crazy. I'm not actually seeing it. No, it's not Watch bad. this. Wait. Are you going to show me the lights breaking? Oh my gosh, this is like crazy. Yeah. 
Let me grab my phone. I'm gonna phone. Do you want to sit bit. here? That also may have been what's this? It was kind of hard to tell. No, no, no. Okay. I'm just gonna grab my phone. Then. Where's my? Where's my? Where's my? Where's my? Where's my piece? Those sensors are really delicate, so we have to. This is mine. What, what is yours? Your cell block. Flash. I don't want to scare you. Sinner. Were you a sinner? Did they tell you you were a sinner? Yeah, they like to be all high and mighty and lord stuff over you like that. I'm getting like up top. Up top? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna not look over there. Good Yeah, before we was crouched down right there. My keys. Your keys? Yeah, I showed you my keys, didn't I? Yeah. You don't need keys anymore. All the all the I opened up all the gates. Mine. I'd like to thank Jill Weaver for joining me once again to review our investigation of the old Hamilton Jail. Be sure to check out all the links in the show notes for references to the show Jill was speaking of, as well as links to her works and more information about the Hamilton Jail. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. That is, unless I meet some untimely doom off in the desert, but nah, nah, I'm sure everything will be fine. It'll be fine. In the meantime, if you're craving more XV Planus, consider donating to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash xvplanus, where you'll gain access to our exclusive content, such as the uncut version of tonight's Estes session that was presented. There's a whole other separate series on there, as well as extended interviews, exclusive episodes with special guests, and much more. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere as xvplanus, and you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes as well. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and especially review us. And tell your friends about us. Tell your families about us. Hell, yell at random people at the bus stop about us. We are a DIY independent production, and the only way that we will grow is by you sharing us with others who might enjoy taking this trip. Be sure to check out all of the great shows on the Green Mushroom Podcast Network, like Ad Hoc History, Administrism, Unearthing Paranormalcy, and more. While the website isn't quite up to date yet, you can go to www.greenmushroomproject.com and add that to your bookmarks to keep up with the network in the future. The show is produced in the Black Lodge, wherever that resides in this particular moment of time and space. And it is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music for the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. High praise and thanks to Sonny and Ren for our updated logo, and many thanks to Meg who manages most of our social media. No part of this show or its music may be reproduced without consent. Copyright Folds and Floods Productions. Once again, I am your host, Flood, and this has been XV Plans. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. I'll see you in the between. In abombratio, in fluctus, subvelo. And before we completely and totally shift gears here, yes, I know a lot of you are just going absolutely crazy and your heads are spinning about, 
all of the UFO and UAP whistleblower stuff and the stuff that's going on with Congress. Don't worry, I'm going to have a lot to say about this, but I invite you all to take a really deep breath with me and just wait just for a couple of more weeks. We're going to we're going to get some more information here relatively soon and these hearings are coming up and that has a potential to be a game changer, but let's just hold off and see what happens. And then after that, you can definitely expect me to come out swinging. Anyway, on to what we're really here for tonight. <laughs> 